podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my team selector ahead of tomorrow night's game. The Champions League second leg tie, the last 16 against Borussia Dortmund at Stamford Bridge. It's a cup final effectively for Chelsea. If we're going by the assumption that Chelsea are probably going to be okay in the Premier League and will likely finish somewhere between 11th and maybe 7th in this league, then this is it for Chelsea and for Graham Potter to win some silverware to make some special memories this season for it not just a sort of peter out as you kind of expect it will at this point and a chance for Graham Potter to probably win his first big game as Chelsea head coach kind of a massive night where things go right and and the sort of the home crowd at Stamford Bridge can really be behind him I've said there's been opportunities a lot in recent weeks since he's taken since September since he's taken this job to do that he's failed to do so and I think that as we've seen in recent weeks and as we've seen with clubs and even in Chelsea in recent years, even if your season isn't the greatest, one of the things that that dreadful 15-16 season had was still some high points within it. You had the 2-2 against uh, Tottenham late in that season, which created some incredible moments and you know celebrations inside Stamford Bridge. We had wins over Arsenal that season. If you can have something like this, I think fans will give you a little bit more patience and leeway to have those moments. And hopefully Chelsea can do that tomorrow night. But they're up against the Borussia Dortmund team who are in ridiculous form currently. But we will see. So let's get into it. My team news, looking at Borussia Dortmund, looking at what Graham Potter had to say in his pre-match press conference. And also my predicted 11 and approach for this huge game at Stamford Bridge. Before we do, hit that subscribe button if you're new around here. Um, for latest Chelsea content, hit that like button really does help new Chelsea fans find the channel as well if you're listening on the podcast thank you so much for tuning in Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min podcast network the first thing I want to speak about is Borussia Dortmund because I have seen some kind of weird takes around Dortmund that they aren't actually that good and Chelsea should just kind of stroll past them in this competition the frustration from the first leg is, is very real and the fact that Chelsea didn't score on that night was quite ridiculous because it was a performance where Chelsea created a lot of good opportunities and should have won. And the fact that we got done by one counter-attack is really irritating. Could prove to be the difference in this knockout tie. As we saw last year against Real Madrid, despite our brilliant second leg performance at the Bernabeu, really that stupid mistake between Antonio Rudiger and really Edouard Mendy proved to be the difference in the end. You know, So those moments when you make mistakes in the Champions League, you get punished and it can really prove to be the end of you in this competition. Hopefully that won't be the case. But Dortmund have been incredible in recent weeks, particularly since the turn of the year. They have won 11 in a row at this point. On points, level on points with Bayern in the Bundesliga. For anyone who knows anything about the Bundesliga, if Dortmund can overthrow Bayern this year, that would be a huge, huge achievement given Bayern's consistent dominance. The last time they didn't win a, a Bundesliga, I think was back in 2012 when Jurgen Klopp was still Borussia Dortmund head coach. That's how big of an achievement it would be. I'd even say it, it's something of an achievement if you are just having a serious title race with Bayern Munich in, in the Bundesliga. So they have done some ridiculous things. I mean, the, the latest win over RB Leipzig was a big one as well on Friday night. 
So even if they've got some injury problems, which could benefit Chelsea, no Karim Adiemi, who of course scored the goal in the first leg. Uh, Greg Gobel, the, the goalkeeper, who did have a really good performance against Chelsea. He's a doubt, but he has travelled to the game, but we'll see whether he starts or not. So they do have some injury problems of their own. And Dortmund, I don't think, dominated Chelsea in the first game. The first game was very much Chelsea creating a lot of good opportunities and not taking them and us getting done by one stupid counter-attack, which could prove to be the difference in this game. But I, I do want to stress that Borussia Dortmund are not mugs. They're not some average team that Chelsea should be rolling over. And I just think that's the base point. I think, once again, people are trying to make sort of arguments because they're not that much of a fan of the current head coach to kind of boost their argument. You don't need to be critical. You don't need to make up, you know, sort of facts about <laughs> Borussia Dortmund and claim they're not actually that good of a side to kind of make your point that you don't think Graham Potter is, is the right head coach for Chelsea. Just again, I think people are just trying to create like false narrative effectively. Borussia Dortmund are a very good side. If Chelsea beat them tomorrow night, I think it would be a very good result. And I think a lot of people outside of Chelsea would see it as a very good result. So just starting off, just kind of base level, Dortmund are not mugs. And, you know, that is also stressing Chelsea cannot play the same way they did on Saturday or Chelsea cannot be as slack as they were on Saturday at certain points because Dortmund even with those injuries have the players to hurt Chelsea Leeds did not have the quality or the invention to create good enough opportunities or even take this the small opportunities they did create on Saturday so that means the level of Chelsea's performance will have to go up if Chelsea want to get through in the Champions League the team news I think mostly good, knowing Golo Kante still. I mean, Graham Potter's kind of stressing that he's not going to be ready for 90 minutes anytime soon, but it does kind of feel like with him back in full training now, I'd say Leicester is probably going to be the game where we see Kante probably come off the bench, hopefully, and he'll have his first appearance for Chelsea since August, which is a positive, but I think there was maybe hope a few months ago that Kante would have been ready for this fixture, and it would have been a brilliant thing to just have him out there for this big, big game, but he's not going to be available. Reese James has been training. Graham Potter's still a little bit coy on that. Will he be um, ready for the game? I, I do suspect he will be because he is in training. And definitely back from injury is Christian Pulisic. Of course, Pulisic got that injury way back in January at the start of January against Manchester City. Back now, ready, and interesting to see if he could have an impact off the bench, which is kind of where his best moments for Chelsea have come. And it'd be very much expected narrative and very ironic if he does come off the bench and has an impact against his former club. So Pulisic is back, which is good to have more options in attack for Chelsea. The other, I think, interesting point that Graham Potter made in his a pre-match press conference was that Kai Havertz is now the designated penalty taker. I think I've been having some conversations with Chelsea fans about what happens if we get a penalty. Since Jorginho has left, we actually haven't got a penalty. So tomorrow night, it's not only the fact that Chelsea could get a penalty, obviously in normal time, it could go to a penalty shootout. And given the fact that Chelsea don't score a lot of goals, I think that's probably a, a high potential that it goes all the way to penalties a very late night. And Kai Havertz will be one of those de designated penalty takers. And when you actually look at Kai's record on the spot uh, from Chelsea and also in his time by Leverkusen, it's pretty good. So that's kind of a logical decision. But getting into my approach and my team for this, I, I said this in my Leeds review, I, I don't suspect a radical alteration again. I feel that Graham Potter is going to stick with the 3-4-3. Three, three. I think he'll stick with a back three, even though he can't play Benoit Badiashile. I think there is a replacement there. And I just feel when you've got Reese James, you know, the, the impact Ben Chilwell had in an offensive sense, particularly in that first half, I think was really encouraging. 
And I just feel that maybe, as I say, for the rest of the season, he may just go back to the back three because he thinks it's a system that the players are kind of used to. Maybe you are going kind of for a more simplistic approach um, in in the sense of the players and, and you can kind of refine things and Chelsea are going to be a little bit more reactive and maybe also lean on counter-attacking a little bit more, which is what Thomas Tuchel really did and I think very much suits you know, tournament football like the Champions League than per se like the Premier League, which is where, again, Tuchel really thrived in his first few months at Chelsea. So the 3-4-3 system, as you can see here on screen, my predicted 11. Trevor Chalaba comes in for Benoit Badia-Shile. Really, really frustrating. Benoit Badia-Shile isn't involved in this competition because he has been a really good signing since he's come in. But I think Trevor Chalaba deserves to start a game sooner rather than later. And I'd much prefer to have Trevor Chalaba in this back three than, say, Cesar Azpilicueta or Mark Kukurea who has barely played recently. So I think Trevor will come into that back three. Koulibaly, I think, look really assured in the middle of that back three and can hopefully offer that experience that we'll need on a night like this. I think Koulibaly has been playing well recently. And of course, the man of the match from Saturday, the match winner himself, Wesley Fofana, staying in the starting eleven for Chelsea. He did score his other Chelsea goal in the Champions League against AC Milan all the way back in October. Then you have the two wing-backs, Ben Chirwell, who was making those diagonal runs, those really threatening runs, those runs that he's been making since he signed for Chelsea. Chelsea that are really really deadly and I think when you've got a player like Enzo Fernandez who can maybe pick up those passes over Borussia Dortmund's defence but also from defence Kalidou Koulibaly was hitting some of those balls maybe Wesley Fofana can as well it really does offer Chelsea something a little bit more to kind of create overloads and, and, and maybe have that consistent attacking threat that has kind of been you know, labelled at Graham Potter as, as something that Chelsea don't have currently what are we trying to do when we're building up are there several ways Chelsea can get on top of the opposition, can we get behind the opposition? And I think Ben Chirwell's runs is obviously a, an easy way to do it. And hopefully we can sort of go into that again against Borussia Dortmund and get up the pitch quite quickly. That's the license you have with those wing backs, I think. Reese James, obviously, if he's available and if he can bomb up and down that flank and he can create havoc a bit more, we know how much of a game changer he can be. In midfield, I am going to make the alteration, you know, I get well, the alteration from the first leg. Of course, Ruben played as a right wing back instead of Reese James on Saturday. I am going to stick with a double six of Mateo Kovacic and Enzo Fernandez. I think Enzo Fernandez, sure, it, each of his performances haven't been dazzling, but I think he was very assured on the ball. I think some of those diagonals he was hitting and some of the passes he was playing in the build up to some of Chelsea's attacking moves was really encouraging. And again, you'd want him on a night like this. Ruben asserted himself well, I think, in the first leg against Dortmund. But with Kovacic, with players that hopefully can progress the ball a little bit quicker, I'm going to go with Kovacic's experience in this double six and also Enzo Fernandez. Then we get into the front three, which is pretty much just sticking with what Graham Potter started with on Saturday against Leeds. Strauss, Felix, Kai Havertz and Raheem Sterling. I mean... Whether that it looks like a free and attack, I, I think is hard to kind of to guess at the moment. I mean, I was watching that game on Saturday and from sort of Leeds goal kicks, Chelsea were kind of set up in a 4-4-2 formation where you had Havertz and Sterling, Havertz and Sterling, sorry, were playing as kind of a front two. I think Raheem Sterling creatively has looked a lot more influential in recent weeks. That in itself is a positive. Joao Felix too was so close to scoring on Saturday. I think it was a really good effort. I think he has kind of faded in the second half of games, but I think it's harsh to say that his performances have been woeful. I think he's done, at times he is doing enough to maybe create a goal or score a goal himself. It's just kind of that last bit that, that needs to come into Joao Felix's game a little bit more. Kai Havertz, for all the flaws and for all the lack of productivity, I mean, Graham Potter is very much setting out. He's still making him main penalty taker and just trusting him week after week. You know, I, I do think there is a fair argument to be made that, you know, Fafana, 
maybe even a Bamiyang or someone else. You've got Pulisic coming back now. But for a number nine and for who he wants, maybe in his system, particularly pressing off the ball and the way in which, say, Joao Felix and Kai Havertz and even Raheem Sterling and Kai Havertz have linked up this season, you know, not regularly, but at times, I think he will stick with Kai Havertz in this situation for Chelsea, given the lack of options and the fact that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang obviously isn't available. Neither is David Dachofafana in this Champions League squad. That's something you, you have to remember in these situations. You know, Chelsea... And because of the size of the squad, Graham Potter has left some players out of this Champions League squad. So he doesn't have a lot of options actually as a number nine. It kind of is Kai Havertz. And then you kind of have to play someone else in that role um, who maybe isn't natural to it. So Raheem Sterling is probably second choice in that front. So I, I think that will be the front three. I, I do think that, you know, it's a big night at Stamford Bridge. And I really do hope as I'm going to the game that it can be something of a special night for Graham Potter. I, I do think if he wins that game tomorrow night, I don't think mass opinions will be changed about him. I felt this before the Leeds game, and I know it's very easy when you're doom and gloom to think, well, nothing's going to change. I, I, I still do think there will be legions of people, even if we win tomorrow night, who will still be very doubtful of Graham Potter. And, and to be fair, it is only two games. But what I would say is to win a big Champions League game, to keep that Champions League journey going on, because once you get into the quarterfinal, Chelsea could get a little bit of a favourable draw. And we know what happened in 2021. I'm not saying that Chelsea are going to go all the way. Chelsea could very well be knocked out tomorrow without scoring. You know, we, we know that. And it was only one small step on Saturday. So I'm not saying that Chelsea are now going to go out there and absolutely blitz Dortmund. Dortmund are a very good team. They're a team that hasn't been losing at all recently and, and are very used to winning. And will come to the bridge knowing that they can sit a little bit deeper and they can hit on the break. But I do think that Graham Potter... If these players can finish those chances, if Chelsea can make similar chances that they did in the first leg and with some of the options potentially Potter could bring off the bench, it could be a very special night inside Stamford Bridge and, and can very easily change the mood. I mean, I think you look around football and I know I'm kind of, it may sound like I'm rambling here or just, or just trying to make excuses or whatever, but you look across football and we know how quickly moods within clubs can change. I think Chelsea know that more than most and the Champions League has been a vehicle for that for a lot of years in this club's history. But, you know, I look at the way it, to extremes, you know, the way Liverpool have been feeling in recent weeks and then they beat Manchester United yesterday and how different that club now feels. Same with Man United. I mean, they were riding high last weekend, lifting a trophy. They now feel very downbeat, even if it is for a short period, about their set of players. So for Potter, if he can make it two wins in a row, if this group of players can get through a night like tomorrow and, and be successful and get into the last day. I, you know, I think it's unlikely Chelsea win the Champions League, but I do think it gives Potter some credit and I think it would give him a lot of power and I think it would give him a lot of confidence that as a Chelsea head coach, he can win on these big nights. That's what he has to prove because if he's ever going to be successful as Chelsea head coach to the level that many of us want to see him at and, and want to see Chelsea back at, you need to be winning on these nights and can he do it tomorrow night? That is obviously the million dollar question. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch this review. You can follow me on Twitter at Chelsea, and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.